everybody. Welcome once again to our wonderful episode of Stay Tuned Sports. This is episode number three. It is your boy King hanging out here with you uh, after a uh, temporary hiatus for episode two. Uh, and I don't know if Jimbo told you or not, uh, but uh, I had a tray fall into my house. So uh, no power, tree in house, all that other kind of fun stuff. Uh, wasn't able to be here for the show. Thank you so much for Jimbo uh, for getting that show out. But now we have another problem. I think if you noticed by now, uh, I have not been introducing your good friend Jimbo here on Stay Tuned Sports yet. And why that is, is well, we've kind of hit a little bit of a technical snafu. You know, who would have figured? But uh, yeah, no, we uh, just can't seem to get what connects us connecting. It seemed to be working fine before, but now it's just uh, now it's just not doing it. So unfortunately, we uh, we don't have uh, we don't have a good friend Jimbo here with us today. Uh, but we're working on it. We're working on it. And hopefully by next week we'll actually get both of us here on the show. So this is episode three. We've only had one episode in which both me and Jimbo. Uh, have been here on uh, on Stay Tuned Sports, but uh, for that that little bit of a backstory there, that's enough. That's all you need to know. Jimbo's not here. I am. I wasn't here last week because there was a tree in the house and no power and all that kind of fun stuff. But we have a lot to talk about this week. Fun stuff happening in the world of sports, uh, as always. Uh, of course, stuff's happening in the NBA. I personally don't care. But there is some stuff in there that I might rant on a little bit later. Because it does bug me. Uh, and and I might catch some flack for it. Because I'll be defending somebody that people usually don't like to defend. But if you've paid any attention uh, to this year's NBA season or NBA playoffs. Uh, I don't see how you can have any uh, other sort of opinion. Uh, when it comes to this particular individual. Uh, news coming out of the NFL uh, here in the uh, lead up to summertime uh, as they have announced where the next couple Super Bowls are coming after Super Bowl 45. I think it's a 46 and 47 they chose. So we have we know where Super Bowl 46 and 47 is. I'm kind of burying the lead on this one, though. Uh, the NFL also came out with new anthem policies. Uh, and, of course... As anybody thought that was going to cause a little bit of controversy amongst uh, everybody out there. Also, new kickoff rules, which I personally think are probably the most controversial of anything that the NFL has done. Uh, But again, I think I'll go into it a little bit more a little later as to why I don't think that's the NFL's fault. Uh, And I will lay the blame at somebody else when that time comes. But I think we're going to lead off where we should. with the most exciting two months in sports. Of course, I'm talking about the Stanley Cup playoffs. Just fantastic hockey all around. And, of course, if anybody knows me, I'm super hockey-centric. So, of course, we're going to start off with some hockey. So I take a sip of my power right here, official sponsor of the NHL. I think they were. No, they're not. I think it's Gatorade again, isn't it? Is, isn't, is it Gatorade? Okay, I'm being told Gatorade is, again, the official sponsor. Well, they have that goofy commercial with uh, 
uh, who's that? Taves and uh, and Kane from Chicago with the smooth. Oh my God, it's Gatorade. It has such a smooth finish. Like it didn't have a smooth finish before. It's freaking Gatorade. Taste of it. I mean, I miss the days when you had Gatorade. You had you had the red Gatorade. Uh, the kind of Gator piss Gatorade. Uh. Yeah, the yellow, like the green, yellowish piss Gatorade, and the red Gatorade. Yeah, you had red, yellowish piss. Uh, <sighs> what other flavors were? I think was that it. Was it just red and yellow? And the glass, when Gatorade used to have the glass bottles, remember? I missed that. Yeah, I'm old enough to remember when Gatorade was in glass bottles. They used to hit the thing, and oh god, yeah, I'm old. Love Gatorade though, always have. Probably part of the reasons why I got diabetes. I drank it too much. Uh, but anyway, Stanley Cup playoffs. A uh, couple things to talk about here. couple things to talk about. Uh, you have the Vegas Golden Knights. An expansion team. They're going to be playing for the Stanley Cup, ladies and gentlemen. They are your Western Conference champion, the Clarence S. Campbell Bowl holders are now a team that at this time last year didn't have any players, didn't have anything. Did they? Ha I don't think they had a... They didn't have a jersey yet. They had a logo, and that was it. They didn't unveil the jerseys until the draft. That's when they did the whole Adidas uh, unveiling for everybody, when they took away the devil's hemstripe for some reason. And some of the other teams really look like crap. Uh, but, yeah, no. So, at this time last year, your current Western Conference champions didn't have a jersey. They have a sweater to wear. Nothing. And now they're holding some silverware. And they might hold the biggest silverware of them all. The best trophy in all of professional sports, the Stanley Cup. Um, I'll go into this a little bit more. Uh... Later, there's there's been a lot of a blowback. I think against the Knights, and I, I I don't see it. I don't get it. For people who always cry about hockey being, uh, you know, marginalized and always put down as the fourth sport, and then whenever hockey tries to grow, these same people knock it down and try to you know it, it, it's people want hockey to grow, but they don't want it to grow out of what they're comfortable of. And that's not how you get something to grow. That's not how you get a sport to grow. Uh, so hockey traditionalists are going to be in my crosshairs a little bit. But another thing to say, just impressive from the Golden Knights standpoint, is uh, they swept Los Angeles. They had to play, I think it, they had to play six against San Jose. And then they beat Winnipeg in five. So, if you look at it, that's 4-8-12, 13-14. Uh, where did they beat San Jose in five? Hold on. I want to check this out because I might be wrong. 4-8-12, 13-14. No, I'm right. Okay, yeah, because that's it. They didn't play. I'm sorry. I'm bad at math, everybody, in case you didn't know that. Uh, so, they played 15 playoff games. Now, Doc Emmerich actually mentioned this on the NBC broadcast. Uh, last night in Game 7 for the uh, uh, Capitals and Lightning Eastern Conference Finals. But I think it's the Edmonton Oilers hold the record for having played the fewest games 
in a Stanley Cup playoff. And that was 19. Uh, and I forget which 80s cup it was, but it was one of their 80s cup runs, obviously, uh, where they played uh, 19 games. It's the fewest amount that any team has ever played to win the Stanley Cup. If the Vegas Golden Knights can sweep in the Stanley Cup finals, they would have only played 19 games. They would have matched a feat that only one of the greatest teams in NHL history has ever done. I, th I think that might have been the team that was uh, declared uh, earlier this season. It was the, what was it? They did the 100 greatest teams ever poll uh, for the NHL. And uh, I believe they said that this team, th th that particular Edmonton Oilers team, the one that did the the uh, 19 wins, uh, or, or I'm sorry, 19 games, uh, in the one playoff uh, run was the greatest team of all time. So this is the Vegas Knights, Vegas Golden Knights there could could be onto something special here, uh, which is kind of ridiculous when you think about this team. Uh, you know, a bunch of castoffs, misfits, maybe not that bad, but still, any team, any organization. To do this in their first year? I don't care if they were hand-picked. I don't care if they were allowed to pick the best players. I don't care if they were able to pick Sidney Crosby and Ovechkin and everybody else. And just be like, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna build like an all-star team. I don't think you'd I don't think you'd think this would happen. I honestly don't. I don't I don't I I was not expecting this. I was hoping they'd do well. Because I want to see hockey succeed, especially out there in Vegas. I didn't expect this. Anybody that tells you they were expecting this is lying through their through their teeth. That's for sure. But we'll get back to that later. Because the Golden Knights, they're going to be playing uh, a team that hasn't seen too much success. Especially recently. But they're going back to the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time in 20 years. That would be your Washington Capitals. Alexander Ovechkin, after so many times getting bit in the second round, especially by the Penguins, they kind of threw that monkey off their back earlier in the second round, beating the Penguins, making it to the Conference Finals for the first time in Ovechkin's history with the team. Ovechkin's always been one of the best players in the NHL. Washington's always been one of the top teams in the NHL. But never could get over that hump. They've won the President's Trophy a couple times. Couldn't get over that second-round hump. They were the best team in the Eastern Conference many times. Couldn't get over that second-round hump. Just couldn't get through it. They were the Metropolitan Division champions this year. But not the top team in the East. That was the Tampa Bay Lightning who, I'll just say this, the Lightning fan base has really soured me on this franchise. And not only that, just from an, an eyeball test, eyeball standpoint, Tampa's dirty. Tampa's a dirty team. And that's okay. There's been a lot of dirty teams out there. The Broadway Bullies back in the day. The Bruins kind of have a, a, a history of having that. The Devils of the uh, mid-90s, mid to late-90s, they were a rough-and-tumble team with the trap. They had the trap, and they also liked to hit people. Hit the crash line, you know. 
rough and you know borderline rough dirty teams there's nothing new in the NHL but don't try and say you're not and also become a little educated would you please Tampa fans like I like you I'm glad you're doing well I'm glad you're selling out your building but know a little bit about the game before you start trash talking people okay just be a good idea when you start trying to trash people, but you don't know who Bobby Orr is, hey, he's before my time, I don't care. That was seriously a response that I had to an argument with a uh, with a Tampa fan. And trying to have a logical argument using stats, which I usually don't like. I don't like doing the whole stats thing. As you can tell with this show, I very rarely look at stats or find any kind of concrete evidence for anything. A lot of eyeball tests here on Stay Tuned Sports. But when you try to have a rational argument and somebody's just ignorant of the game itself that they're trying to argue with you over, well, makes you not uh, really take them seriously. For their fan base. Because he was by far not the only one. I'm not going to name names here. Well, his first name was Joshua. I'll let you know that. Good luck trying to find out who else it was, but... I'm not telling a second name. We we protect we protect identities here on Stay Tuned Sports. Uh, but uh, this whole playoff run, just the way the Tampa team itself has acted, and the way the fans have acted, it's really soured me on the franchise. Just makes me not really want to root for them. And trust me, I'm a New Jersey Devils fan, so I'm not a huge fan of the Washington Capitals, division rival. Like to call them the craps every now and then, you know. It's fun. A little joshing around there with the crapitals. Uh, but I was pulling for him. Not just because I didn't like Tampa, but you wanted to see Ovi do well. He deserves this. And what a story. The NHL is going to get some ratings for this. I'm going to let you know that. If it's a good series and goes longer, they're going to get even better ratings. But they're going to get ratings nonetheless. You're going to have Alexander Ovechkin. As some people have described, the Dan Marino of hockey. One of the greatest players, but has never been there. Never been to the summit. Never been to the top. Who knows? He may not be the Dan Marino of hockey anymore. He could be the John Elway. Took him a while to get there. He may get it now, though. May get that ring. And on the other side... As I said, a team that this time last year didn't have sweaters. We were run we were wondering what they were going to look like. There were rumors they were going to have white gloves. And on the dummies when they did a when they did a, a unveil them, the on the dummies, the white jerseys did have white gloves. They changed that relatively quickly. Thank goodness. Are they going to wear black slate? Red? Is it going to be all gold, super Vegas flashy? We don't know. The speculation about what they were going to look like. That was the biggest concern. I don't think anybody gave any concern about who the players were going to be. Because this team was going to suck. They're an expansion team. Even after the expansion draft, people said, this team's going to suck. 
They got Mark Andre Fleury, but it's going to be, you know, it's going to be that situation where they have the one good superstar and everybody else sucks. Like the Devils from the early 80s. They had Chico Resch. And that was it. They had nobody else on that team. And that team sucked, but it was fun to watch. That's what I think everybody was expecting with Vegas. You're going to have Marc-Andre Fleury out there. He's going to end his career, uh, you know, with this uh, with this uh, uh, floundering franchise, this, new, this, this, this freshly born, newborn baby of a franchise and kind of help it with some of its growing pains, maybe. Not going to get any success, but it'll be fun to watch. Boy, we're rerolling. Who's not going to want to watch this? For either one of those two storylines. I haven't even mentioned the fact that the whole Vegas Strong thing and the the, the, the Vegas shootings and everything. Because that seems to be now so far back in everybody's mind. It's, it's the surprise of everything else that Vegas has done. And this isn't a lucky team. This isn't a team that lucked into this. This seems good. And I think they've proven that. They've lost three games this entire postseason. Three games. That's it. Washington went six with Columbus. Six with Pittsburgh. And the full seven with Tampa. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I can't wait. And that's the thing. I'm excited. I'm excited for this. But there's some in the hockey world that just aren't. They see Vegas as an affront. How dare this team be this good? They didn't put their time in. That's a legitimate argument I've seen somebody argue on Twitter. Yeah. Vegas fans haven't known suffering. They haven't had to sit there and watch their team lose and lose and lose before getting there. It's not fair. Yeah, those are the arguments I'm saying. Are you joking? You don't think there's a fan out there that would trade instantly? With wishing your team was in the spot that Vegas was in? I'm sorry your team hasn't been good for 50 years. I'm sorry your team hasn't been able to give her that hump, St. Louis. A lot of you Blues fans. A lot of salty Blues fans out there. Hockey can't work in the desert. Not in Glendale, it can't. Vegas isn't Glendale. Never was. And to be fair, when the Coyotes were in Phoenix, they weren't doing too bad. Attendance-wise. They decided to build an arena way the hell out in Glendale.
Arizona's not like Jersey. In Jersey, everybody is, you know, 10 to 30 minutes away from the Meadowlands. I grew up in Bayonne, New Jersey. It was a half an hour drive, depending on traffic, from Bayonne to East Rutherford. So if you wanted to go catch a Devils game, it wasn't that bad. Glendale's out in the middle of nowhere. That's fine for a football stadium. You only got to go out there once a week. For hockey games, 41 dates a year. Not going to get a lot of people going out there. That's just not going to happen. Vegas is in Glendale. They have an arena on the strip. This team was going to be, I think, pretty successful, even if they sucked. Even if they didn't put wins on the board, this was a fun team to watch anyway. And you put the show, you see the shows they put on? Medieval times and hockey. It's great. I love it. It's everything Vegas should be. It's everything a Vegas franchise should be. I love it. Not everybody, though. A lot of salty, angry people out there, and I don't get it. I don't know why. Be glad. This has got hockey. This has got people talking about hockey. ESPN is even talking about hockey, and ESPN hates hockey. If it isn't LeBron or the Yankees and Red Sox, ESPN doesn't give a crap. They do now, though. Why? Because the Vegas Golden Knights. It's an expansion team in Las Vegas. And now they're playing for a championship. You can't write that stuff. They had an unfair advantage in the expansion draft. They got all the good players. They changed the rules just for them. Wasn't unfair. It's not the same as when the other expansion teams came in. Yeah, well, they came in with two teams. Teams were allowed to protect a couple more players. And I understand that. Ah, they got Margaret. They were able to pick the best talent. Not really. The fact that they got Mark Andre Fleury was a fluke. It was a lucky break for them. Pittsburgh was getting rid of him. He was not going to be in Pittsburgh this year. Whether he played for Vegas or somebody else, Mark Andre Fleury was not going to be in Pittsburgh. So that happened to be a lucky break. George McPhee working draft picks, trading draft picks here and there, starting to build something. Before they even had anything, he was making moves. They had a clear idea of what they wanted. They knew what they were doing. This wasn't a, a circus. This wasn't a sideshow. This wasn't a Cirque du Soleil extravaganza. They knew the trappings of it the exterior of it may be glitz and glam. But deep in the heart of this Vegas franchise, 
That's a hockey team that has been built masterfully. You had team third liners, third and fourth liners. Nobody saw this coming. This was an unfair advantage. When the expansion draft happened, people were saying they were going to be terrible. People thought they made mistakes with some of their picks. The same picks that people now are calling unfair. Stop it. Stop. Vegas is good. And they built themselves that way. What you need to do is take a look at your own house. How has Vegas, in one year, been able to be so hockey crafty and so hockey smart to put a team together to get the right players, the right pieces, the right coach involved to get to the Stanley Cup final? Well, my team hasn't been able to do it in 50 years. I have a couple really good Flyer fan friends. Jimbo happens to be one of them. But I have some Flyer fan friends that go back way further than Jimbo. When it comes to being fans of the Flyers. The Flyers of the last couple of years seem to be under this, uh, you know, we're two or three years away from being a contender. We're two or three years away from being a contender. Well, we got to put pieces together here. and we got to put pieces together there. And we got to see who's there and there. What Vegas has done, and I think what has made everybody angry, what the real thing that has got people angry is not that they were so successful so quickly. That they don't, an expansion team doesn't deserve to be this good so quickly. I don't think that's what got people pissed off. I think the reason people are pissed off is because Vegas has exposed every other hockey team, every other general manager in the, in the league for just not being that good not being good at your job not being good at evaluating talent now some teams maybe get a pass because they were decimated or you know who knows but Vegas has shown you don't need to have a five year plan you don't need to do everything slowly. Two to three years, we might have something here. It's good. It's never wrong to keep plans like that. Have five-year plans. But if you know the talent you're looking for, and you haven't put yourself in salary cap hell, you can do well. But listen. Vegas did this with a team full of who last year were like third and fourth liners. Maybe one or two second liners, borderline second liners. You had a player on there that had his first 30-goal season ever. And people were trying to mark it. Well, you got a 30-goal score. Yeah, that was the first time he did it in his entire career. It's not like he's some, you know, stud. He's not Crosby, you know. This guy isn't the next Bobby Hull. He had a good season. Now he's had an even better one. I think that's why people are upset. 
they realize that their teams suck and they don't have to. As a Devils fan, I'm okay. I think the Devils are on the right track. I know we kind of fall into that whole give it a couple of years thing, but the Devils seem to be ahead of the curve as far as the old way of thinking anyway. Made the playoffs this year. Yeah, we got crushed by Tampa. But we made the playoffs after being abysmal last year. Taylor Hall might be the MVP. Should be the MVP. We have two legitimately great goalies in Schneider and the breakout starter this year, I think, in Keith Kincaid. Devils look good. I'm not salty. not angry. I'm excited. Vegas has brought excitement to the NHL and to hockey, which is, was already an exciting sport. Best sport out there, in my opinion. All they've done is make it better. There's no reason to be upset. There's no reason to be angry. Sit back. Relax. Enjoy the show. Because you know Vegas is going to give you one. Before the puck even drops, you're going to get a Vegas quality show. I can't wait to see what they do for pregame of game one. Well, because if you didn't know, yes, Vegas has home ice. So game one and two, start out in Vegas. That's how we're going to start. We're going to start with a Vegas show. And then we get to see what they do on the ice again. Which is, frankly, even more entertaining than anything Vegas on the Strip can put on. That's better than any Celine Dion concert or Cirque du Soleil show. What the Knights have been doing this year is truly magnifique. And I've been riding that train for a while anyway, so I'm going to keep with it. I'm picking Vegas to win. And I'm going to go the cliche route. Even though that they've done all this, I think they're going to get their first real test here in Washington. I hope it goes seven. It may only go six. But I hope it goes seven. Can you imagine a ratings for that game seven? If it went that far? I know my eyeballs will be glued. Any true hockey fan's eyeballs would be glued. Even if they want to bitch about it and say, nah, 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 this isn't hockey. They'll watch. Tampa sucks, by the way. <laughs> All right, on to the NFL. Hasn't been a good week for them. I'll tell you that much. Just if you go by social media and, and regular mainstream media press, had a good week for the NFL, man. Let's start off with the good news. No. You always like to start off good first. We know where the Super Bowls are going to be held for Super Bowl 46. And 47. Arizona. Glendale. They're getting 46. And good old Bourbon Street, New Orleans. Once again, will be hosting Super Bowl. The 47th. I'm sorry, 57. Why do I keep on saying 40? I'm stuck on the 40s. I'm trying to make myself younger than I am. Okay. 56 and 57. Not 40. 50. Ha, ha, ha. Oh. 
One, listen, once you get to this point with the Roman numerals, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. But yes, no. Super Bowl Fifty Six will be in Glendale, Arizona, and Fifty Seven will be in New Orleans. I believe. I might, have, I might have transposed those two. I don't have it directly in front of me. But either way, those are going to be your Super Bowls. Uh, Fifty Five obviously is going to be in Los Angeles when they get that uh, big monstrosity built, that nearly $2 billion stadium that the Rams and Chargers will be calling home. We know that 53, coming up uh, for this season, that will be in Atlanta at the giant bunghole dome, otherwise known as Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And if you think it looks like anything else, you're lying to yourself. That is a giant butt. Or as the locals have dubbed it, the Stankonia Dome. Makes sense. Where's 54? Why don't I remember this? Oh, that's going down to the newer, newly renovated Miami Stadium, the Hard Rock, Hard Rock Stadium. That'll be nice. Miami hasn't had it in a bit. 41, was it? 41 was the last time Miami had it, I believe. So go for them. There's the, you got uh, Atlanta, Miami. Los Angeles, Glendale, and New Orleans. That's going to be uh, your Super Bowl lineup for the next couple of years. Now to some of the other NFL news, which I'm sure they'd rather not talk about, but hey, listen, what are you going to do? Well, actually, they seem pretty happy with it. Well, Goodell does, but Goodell seems to be a little tone deaf, so, with a lot of things. We'll start with the first one. We'll start with the big one. We'll talk about the other one a little later. Big one. New anthem policy for the NFL. All NFL employees who are on the field to start a game must stand for the National Anthem or face fines. Team can face fines as well. And any further disciplinary actions can be made by the commissioner at his discretion. Now, clearly, there's a couple of people not happy about this. NFLPA being one of them. And I think more than just the reasons outside of the, uh, you know, the free speech narrative that they're going with. It's also because this is the NFL making a unilateral move. And again, granting powers to the commissioner that, well, they never negotiated. So I think they're a little peeved. Demora Smith seemed to be anyway in his statement. Yeah, he mentioned a couple things about free speech. 
It was more about the fact that Goodell's acting unilaterally, and the NFL's trying to exercise its powers. He also tried to throw a little slave language in there. Talking about, you know, people who call themselves owners, in quotation marks, quote-unquote owners, are trying to lay down the rules, trying to play a little bit of that card. And that's fine. That's politics. Especially NFL politics. They're trying to they're trying to get leverage anywhere they can. And it is what it is. I think there's enough things to legitimately be upset about with this than to have to go digging to uh, uh, using slave language. I don't think that's a place that they should that Demora Smith anyway should have gone, but All's fair in love and war, as they say. And this has kind of been a war between the players and the, and, and the NFL, the Shield, for quite a bit now. So, Obviously, players not happy. Chris Long from the Philadelphia Eagles went on a big spiel on it. He's not happy, but he was outspoken to begin with. He donated. What was it? He donated his uh, his uh, entire 2017 uh, salary to uh, helping educational equality, I believe it was, or some something of that nature. So he's kind of a bit, of, you know, he, he's big on the uh, social justice uh, end of end of the spectrum. And good for him. He has a conviction. Doesn't waver on it. He has a belief. He believes in this. Good for him. I'm not sure if I'm dropping down on the side yet. Do I think in some aspects kneeling or sitting during the anthem is disrespectful? Yes. My father was in the military. I know a lot of military people. I know a lot of uh, police officers. And I, you know, just have a healthy general love for, for my country. Where I was born. I like this place. America's pretty neato. Neato burrito, man. Nice place. But at the same time, you also have to understand what the players who are kneeling, where they're coming from. And I do understand that. Because there have been incidents and there have been uh, uh, parts of this country uh, where things have happened. Not good things. And I think the problem is when you get two sides trying to paint each other with the broadest brush possible and nobody sees the other end. Nobody can see the other side. Then. But unfortunately, I think this is where politics is in our country. It's been this way for a while, for the last 15, 18 years. Politics has taken a much more divisive, much more sound-bitey quality to it. So any chance of having discussion or understanding, or accord, or agreements, or anything. That all went out the window a long time ago. Now, I personally would stand. As I mentioned, fathers from the military, almost all side, my whole mother's side of the family is New York City police officers. 
And I just like, I like America. Got cheese fries, man. We have football. Got great stuff here. Plus, yeah, this is where all my stuff is. I like this place. USA, all the way. But at the same time, I understand where the kneelers come from. And I will always respect somebody's right to protest. And honestly, the point of a protest is to make people uncomfortable, isn't it? What's the point of protesting if nobody's going to pay attention? The point of a protest is you're grabbing somebody's attention. You're letting them know, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is the reason I'm doing this. Kaepernick got everybody's attention. Got the nation's attention. Several NFL players have, have, have held that torch up. Agree with them or not. The protests have done what they're supposed to do. They've grabbed people's attention. And they've made people uncomfortable. The problem is protests used to get people starting a dialogue, discussing things. Nobody wants to discuss anything on either side. You're either a disrespectful a-hole who hates America. Or you're a racist, Nazi, fascist, Mussolini, Stalinistic, you know, baby killer. There's no voice of reason. And the shame is both sides think they're the voice of reason. When they're the most unreasonable voices out there. And every... The, 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 the actual reasonable voices get shouted down and you lose them in the noise. This was a move by the NFL to try to stop their ratings from declining. They got scared by seeing the, the needle drop. I'm not sure that's the reason for the needle drop, though. I'm going to be honest, I don't. I think it's the gameplay. The new rules. But you know whose fault that is? It's not the NFL's. It's you. It's the fans. Because you want it both ways. You want to have your cake and eat it too. You can't do that. That never works out. NFL has new kickoff rules. Teams can't line up more than one yard off the ball before a kickoff. If you're on a kickoff team. Five players per side. You can't overload a side. No running start. The opposing team can't start running past their own 45 until the ball reaches the kicker or reaches the return. So they can't get a running start to get, you know, running block started. Obviously, there's no wedges. 
Automatic touchbacks. Once that ball crosses the goal line, it will be a touchback. Kickoffs at this point are a joke. Just eliminate them at this point and start the game on a 20. That's what we're going towards anyway. That's not the NFL's fault, though. That's everybody else who screamed when all the CET stuff came out and the concussions. Everybody wanted to be holier than now. What is the evil NFL doing? Tagliabue and Goodell trying to cover up and hide things. Goodell's still trying to cover it up. Denying everything. How dare you? You have to make this safe for the players. NFL says fine. Here's how we're going to do that. We're going to make this game safe for the players. What are you doing? They're changing the game. Look at this isn't football anymore. What kind of game is this? It's the game you wanted. This is the game you clamored for. You wanted to jump on your soapbox and point the finger at Goodell. Point the finger at the shield. Demand they do something. The NFL doesn't want any more billion dollar lawsuits. They don't want that. Nobody wants that. So what you're seeing now is Corporate cover your ass policy here. The same stuff you'll find at a call center or a job site, a construction site, a, a, a warehouse, a, a, a retail store, anything. All this is doing now, the reason the NFL is doing this, is to cover their ass on a legal basis. Because they're not going to get themselves another billion-dollar lawsuit. They don't want to see it. They're going to say, listen, we have taken steps in every way possible to protect our players and make sure this game is as safe as possible while still maintaining the entertainment value. It depends on what you find entertaining. Kickoffs used to be the most entertaining part of the game. One of the most entertaining. Get a nice kickoff run back. End up going big hit on a kickoff. Big block. Get the collisions. That's what the NFL was. It's a collision game. It's a game for gladiators. The men knew what they were getting into. They still do. These are men. Nobody's forcing them to play football. All of these guys go to college for free. You don't have to play NFL football and get a degree and do anything else. A lot of players do because, again, there's a lot more college football players than there are NFL ones. Not all of them are going to the show. Players that do, they're making that choice. 
They know it's a dangerous game. Everybody knows it's a dangerous game. Football's always been known as a dangerous game. Teddy Roosevelt had to save the game back in the early 1900s because people were literally dying on the field. Thanks, Teddy, by the way. Teddy Roosevelt, best president we ever had. This isn't the first time football has been called unsafe. Definitely not the first time. And it was made safer. But it was still a dangerous game that people knew was dangerous. No, I don't want anybody to suffer from CTE. I don't want anybody to suffer from any kind of traumatic brain injuries. It is terrible. But you can't have buyer's remorse. You knew it going in. You traded that for money. A whole hell of a lot of money. But you knew what you were doing. Everybody knew what you were doing. Now don't get me wrong. There were parts of the game that needed to be fixed. As far as concussion protocol. I think that's a good thing. By far well overdue. A player having his bell rung. And then sent back out on the field. No, those days should be should have been over a long time ago, and I'm glad they are now. Players need to make sure that they're healthy and be properly diagnosed. And even forcibly kept, because some players will be like, oh, give me my helmet, I'll go out there, I'm tough. No. You got a concussion, you make sure that you have the independent doctors there. I'll let you know, yeah, no, not, you're not going back out there. That's good. That's a good thing. That's a good change. I like that. But changing the game itself to try to protect players? Changing the rules? Changing the fabric of the game the way the game is supposed to be played? I don't like it. I'm far from the only one who doesn't like it. But I might be the only one not blaming the NFL for it. Because it's not their fault yours NBA playoffs still going on at the time of this recording the Houston Rockets are up three games to two over the defending champion Golden State Warriors that'd be interesting the Warriors get knocked out before they even make it to the finals. People thought if somebody was going to do it, it would be Houston this year. Houston's one win away. Boston, as well, up 3-2 over the Cleveland Cavaliers. The last uh, three matchups in the NBA Finals, the Warriors and the Cavaliers, we may not get number four. That's not for a lack of effort from one particular LeBron James. I know what some of you are thinking. 
screw LeBron James. He's like the Sidney Crosby of basketball. He's just fun to hate. Tom Brady. When you're really good, everybody hates you. I get that. But what he's done this season, and this playoffs alone, even if you're a casual watcher, like I am. I'm not a huge NBA fan. I don't watch a bunch, but I keep up with it. Especially in the playoffs. Who doesn't like watching some playoffs? So I'll watch a little bit here. I'll keep up on the news. The fact that Cleveland has won two games in the Eastern Conference Finals this far, this deep into the playoffs, is a superhuman effort from LeBron James. I may have made fun of him in the past for being, you know, weak, and, you know, he flops a bit, he gets calls, he takes time off, you know, somebody breathes on him hard, he's got to be carried off the court, things like that. I, I get that. And some of those, and some of those, you know, accusations and, uh, you know, ribs towards LeBron are fair, especially for the time that they were made. Absolutely. This man is in his 15th year of NBA basketball. He is on a team that has done nothing. There isn't another player on that team that, that could, I don't know how they're playing in the NBA. These are players that wouldn't be on the Knicks. The old, early 1990 New Jersey Nets wouldn't play with these guys. Rest in peace, Drazen Pachovic. Love that guy. LeBron, through sheer force of will and talent, has carried this entire franchise, this entire fan base, on his shoulders... And dragged them to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Boston Celtics. Now, let me not take anything away from the Celtics either. Brad Stevens should be coach of the year. The Celtics have lost a whole ton of the good... But Kyrie Irving, he hasn't played at all. I think he what, he didn't play the last month of the season and he's not playing for, for these playoffs. Was it hurt his knee, right? Yeah. And then that kid, that that model-looking white kid from Utah. I forget his name. I remember his ankle, though. From the beginning of the season. If that kid ever plays basketball again, it's a miracle. It's a miracle of modern science. But even after all that, Brad Stevens has coached this team to now within one win away from getting to the NBA Finals. Granted, they'll probably get smoked by either Golden State or Houston, whoever comes out of the West. But, point is, they'll get there. Might even win a game. But that's not what I'm trying to say here. 
My point with this whole thing is that I've turned around on LeBron. This playoff run that he's had has made me respect that man more than the last 15 seasons of NBA basketball has. Yes, I actively rooted against LeBron because of the hype machine. Because of everything that was about him. Especially then when he bolted Cleveland down to Miami and tried created the super team. I rooted hard against that. I think rightfully so. I think it was a dick move. All that being said. Guy's probably one of the greatest NBA players of all time. If not the greatest. But Jordan! But look at the people Jordan had around him. I'm sorry, folks. You put primetime Michael Jordan on this year's Cavaliers team. I don't think they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Hell, I don't think they're in the playoffs. Honestly, they might be. Maybe as an eight seed. Because the East is terrible. Everybody always wants to act like Jordan was this greatest. He never failed. He never, you know, he was never bad. Listen, Jordan didn't do anything until he got people around him. Through the 80s, the Bulls were bad. They were the Pistons, bitch. LeBron James is an extraordinary athlete, an extraordinary talent. And whether you like the NBA or not, whether you like basketball or not, whether you like Cleveland or not, or whether you even like LeBron James, you got to damn well respect him for what he's done this year, for the whole season, and especially in the playoffs. Will Cleveland make it to the finals? I don't know. Will they even make it to Game 7? No idea. But LeBron James, for the effort that he has put in, he has my respect for what he's done. And anybody who's still giving him the business, as it were, like Skip Bayless, who is just the worst goddamn human being in the world. I just want to put that out there. Skip Bayless is terrible. He's the king of hot takes that never make sense and never pan out. I'm going to say something outrageous and nothing ever comes of it. Skip Bayless was terrible at ESPN. Terrible at Fox. Skip Bayless is just terrible. only slightly better than Colin Coward. Slightly. But I actually hope LeBron does well. Well, I think that's going to do it. I think we've had a pretty decent conversation tonight. What do you think? 
Again, you can follow us on Twitter at ST Sports Podcast. That is for the main show. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at King of Skunk Duck. S K U N K, like a skunk, and then D U C K, like a duck. Skunk Duck. King of Skunk Duck. And of course, you can follow your good friend Jimbo at Jimbo ST Sports. But as for me, uh, I'm tired. It's really late in the morning. I got a really late start in doing this. Uh, because of everything, like we had tried to, uh, you know, get the, uh, you know, the, the issue fixed with the communication problem with me and Jimbo, but it just, uh, just didn't work. So, but I uh, got a late start. I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. I certainly hope that you guys have a great sports weekend. Of course, the NBA, uh, the NBA finals, uh, the NBA uh, conference finals, are still going on. The Stanley Cup final begins on Monday night in Las Vegas. You're not going to want to miss that. And uh, yeah, baseball still going on, isn't it? Let's go Yankees. Mets suck. My name is King. You've been listening to Stay Tuned Sports. See ya.